What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. It's your host here, Monster D Face, bringing you guys another episode. We had to take a little week break to allow news to catch up to us, and now we have a lot to report on. It's going to be a jam packed episode covering all that has unfolded in the last two weeks, starting with, as you can see in the headline here, one of Epic Games, the entire Fortnite community scenes. Favorite analysts stepping away from the game. We'll talk about what that means and all that good stuff here shortly. Before we get there, though, I want to encourage you guys, don't forget, leave a review. As you download these, you can actually continue to support us a little bit more. Comments and reviews help us get recommended a little bit more. So we thank you guys. Welcome to another week. Let's get into it, man. We have the returning Life of Panda and SBG this week. What's up, Panda? Hey, man. Good to be back. A little week off. Little refresh, but we're here recording, and man, did this news catch up with us! Absolutely, and somebody's gun on the high horse. What's up, my boy? What's going on, gentlemen? I mean, literally minutes before we hop on to record, we just get some like massive news. So, as always, we're about to dive in. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And if you guys are checking this out, we're recording this on January twenty fifth. So, we thank you guys. New year. New, no, I guess not new us. The same old boys. We're just hanging out. We're talking for it. Let's get into it. I want to kick things off with, with Reese Hub leaving Fortnite. Reese Hub has been a part of the Fortnite community for so many years now. Some of y'all might remember him way back when he broke into the space just off of his high quality edits and YouTube videos. Since then, he has continued to develop and hone his craft and has become honestly beloved to the entire space. His content is I mean, no offense to any of us here, but far superior, I think, to anything I've ever produced, ever. Like, this man is probably the most talented Fortnite community member that we had when it comes down to, like, raw edits and ability to articulate and, and teach, right? Like, in, in combination. He was a very unique piece of the puzzle. And just recently, he stepped away from Fortnite. Let's talk about it. I mean, Panda, I want to begin with you. Opinions, thoughts. Did it punch you in the feels? Where did it leave you? It was definitely, like, odd when I heard the news. Um, didn't know what to expect, but I feel like Resub's content has already kind of trended this way for a little bit of time. Like, this isn't the first, like, warning sign, I guess, essentially. We saw him create Reese Explains last year which focused more on like overall topics, not just Fortnite, which long-term allows him to hit broader audiences and stuff. So it's probably honestly a good move for him. If he felt like this is the time to do it, go for it. But he definitely will be missed. And yeah. somebody's gun. I mean, he's, you know, he was someone who kind of played the same role that you began within Fortnite, more of like that analyst type position. Yeah, Reese was a boy. I mean, I, I had a, a good relationship with him for a while, still do always kind of pushed me to do better because I would put out videos and then he would make one and be like, wow, mine is terrible. I need to keep going. And the best part about Reese is you could always reach out to him and be like, yo, how'd you do this? Or like, what could I do? He'd be like, boom, boom, boom. And you know, just these little things that he, he would help me with along the way were massive. It's, it's sad to me because like you said, this was the best competitive Fortnite content that was created. And for me, Reese was amazing at it. He was amazing on broadcast. And I mean, ultimately, based on his statement, it looks like he's walking away because Epic wasn't bringing him back. I don't know the ins and outs of that, but it sucks, guys. Like, that is a dude that put his heart and soul into to Fortnite, both on broadcast and for his content. 
as well as behind the scenes helping people out. So he, he will be missed. Like that's a big gap to fill. Yeah. And it's one of those things, man, we start looking at the return to in-person events. And for some, I mean, this is, this is what everyone's been working towards, right? You kind of, most of us, you know, I would say most of the newer talent that were, was picked up kind of in lead up to uh, the most recent in-person event, it all began kind of during the pandemic where everyone kind of had this opportunity to start working from home. And I want to say that was where, you know, Reese Hub began picking up talent work was honestly remotely. I'm not sure if, uh, you know, who or what was his first event or show, but I know back when we actually launched Practice Server, Reese was one of the first contractors that I reached out to not for talent work, but to literally edit trailer videos for us. The first video I ever commissioned outside of Prax team was for a Misfits video. And I was like, bro, I need your editing skills. And you know, Fortnite, like hook it up. You know, I actually have a little bit more backstory. So his first event was actually DreamHack. Wow. And DreamHack reached out to him because of his YouTube content to be an analyst. And so that was like his first real event. And then his first time casting was the phase event we did. Okay. Or Prack. That was the first time I ever casting. Him. I remember hiring him for that. Already, yeah, yeah. And he was on broadcast at that point, or he was just starting broadcast. That was the first time he had ever casted. He had only ever done analyst work up to that point. So a little, little resub history for the people at home. Yeah, man. And listen, like I said, I've been I've been working with resub for, for many, many years. Dude's one one of the best. Like super, super gutted to to see him stepping away because this is Dude, it's such a net net negative for us, like for the entire scene in general. Those are shoes that will not be filled. We're just talking raw talent. We're talking someone who's supportive. We're talking just an, an adult with a shoulder, with his head on his shoulders is what I was what I was trying to get to. But like someone who was really a pillar of our community has officially retired. And I agree with you, SVG. I think it, it all makes sense. You work as hard as you work. Uh, for someone like Reese, he was probably thinking that he was going to be a shoe-in for the LAN event. And that was probably the first, if I had to guess, just unbiasedly speaking, that's probably the first low blow to him that he maybe felt like, dang, man, did I just get slighted off that event? Like, that sucks, right? So you chalk past that. We fast forward now closer to the FNCS season that's going to launch. I mean, if you haven't been contacted by this point, you're kind of assuming you're not going to be on broadcast. And he's someone who's obviously had his fair amount of work through the main channel so he knows exactly what goes into it what those contact points look like what the timelines look like so it kind of made sense to him at that point like dang i didn't get to do that event now i'm not bringing back for the kickoff of the new year i mean it becomes a point in time where you have to do what's best for you and for him that means he's got to double down on his own content and just go in a different direction yeah it's tough to see i mean as much as i want him to come back i, I don't see that happening and as far as the broadcast goes, like analyst work, there ain't nobody that does what he does. And we all know this from behind the scenes, seeing the work ethic, the spreadsheets he puts together, the research he does every single broadcast. I mean, the man works harder than anyone that I've seen as far as just becoming the most knowledgeable analyst, I guess is the best way to say it. Uh, so even as someone who's technically like a competitor to him and there might be a job for me, like it still sucks. Like I don't want to have Reese's job, right? Like that's not some something I'm looking forward to if that does happen. But 
just hope his success continues with Reese Explains. And just to jump in there just a little bit more, you kind of have something interesting there. You said, like, you don't want his job. Well, his job was very unique in its own. Like, he was literally the brain of Europe's entire region. And Europe already has a very small, well, Fortnite has a small talent pool, period. But Europe in particular has even less than at least the American counterparts, right? Like, in America, or at least the, the fluent, uh, just straight English-speaking Canadian and Americans, we have just more casters and talent and faces over here than we did in EU. And EU, we quite literally now have Levin and Mini Miner. Mini Miner only just joined in, and, and he fills such a different kind of niche hybrid role, not necessarily the full analyst uh, kind of position. So, yeah, with Reese Hub no longer there, I do wonder how that's going to start to fill itself out right someone has to pick up the uh, the torch there and start putting in the work and there was a lot of work to be made if you want to sound as good as as recent and that was someone who was absolutely invested so we want to kick things off with that because that to us was the headline of two weeks ago it was really uh news that i think came as a shocker to the entire space there's questions everywhere asking about like first of all why he wasn't brought for the fortnite land event and then, of course, like, dude, you're quitting right before the FNCS, so they obviously know he's not on the show at that point. So everyone's kind of in the air about what's to come for FNCS, especially the Europe region. I'm so curious to uh, to see how the, the coverage is going to go down for that. Moving into some other things, as far as, like, turmoil in Fortnite, we had the kickoff of, of course, Elite Cups, Cash Cups, and the ramp up towards the competitive track here leading into the new season for the FNCS. And I mean, SBG, there have been, I don't know, what's it called? I was going to say flip. The script has been flipped. I'm doing all my sayings all backwards today. But the flip, the flip has been scripted, man. It's all broken. Even my words. <laughs> yeah. I think the perfect culmination of what is going on from a player's perspective perspective watch the last like one minute of the final or the most recent jamper boot camp video i think that's just a perfect explanation of how players feel and if you guys are wondering like what is going on so we had we've been having leaderboard issues pretty much since they've decided to change the points per elimination for some reason hasn't been calculating right so if you guys keep up with the divisional cup system you play wednesday you play friday the people in Elite, they move on to a Saturday tournament, which is only 50 duos. Well, that hasn't been going correctly because the leaderboard's not working correctly. So we don't know who's actually supposed to be in there. I mean, Kinch is putting out his own leaderboards, which are calculating them correctly. But within the game, it's not working perfectly. And players that shouldn't be playing in them, players that should be, are and aren't able to play in the tournament so we get through eu we're on to na east they play one game and then fortnite's like our leaderboards aren't working we're gonna cancel everything and reschedule these at a different time and, and so everyone's and just, like i was gonna say no just just to jump in here you know jamper jamper's guys we talked about jamper and kind of his transition recently like because this is super recent the last couple months of him turning this new lease to start really creating content, doubling down on himself, trying to build his own brand because this is someone who's kind of flown under the radar as a top-tier player, but who just did not have the biggest social footprint. So for him to, and we, we have a whole episode on this, if you, if you just scrub down a, a few ago, for him to double down, invest in himself, get a boot camp, jump in with his partner paper, start filming and vlogging everything, 
and you know really looking to try his best this season we we see stuff that we haven't really seen before that behind the scenes super raw almost straight from the camera you know directly to the internet kind of interaction here and i mean it's looking even harder for the players because you could just see the stress that starts to weigh on them when it's like dude this is this is all we had this week like this is what we were looking forward to the elite cup and it's it's just not being calculated and not to mention they started off so good like you know what i mean so they're off to a great start the work that they're putting in they're seeing some progress and then just basically completely scrapped yeah it's confusion sadness anger like all in this little clip you could just see all that emotion going on i highly recommend you guys check it out just to get a perspective um yeah, check it out, Jamper's YouTube channel. It's the most recent video that he has posted. And there's so many, There's so there's two sides to this, right? There's obviously what the players and the people enjoying the game are experiencing, which sucks, right? It's not enjoyable. That's the best way to put it. And then there's the flip side of like, on the Epic Games side, where developing games and doing all this stuff is very, very difficult, right? And I feel like we've gotten to a point where they're hosting so many events that it becomes near impossible for them to to focus on being able to adjust things in the interim, which obviously, like, even if you have one, two events a week, that's difficult, right? Because, again, game development is not easy. This is not something that is like, oh, let me just type this. Now it's all fixed. Like, no, that's not how it goes. Like, if you follow some of the devs on Twitter, they're pretty open about, like, yeah, I'm surprised the game's working today, to right. be honest. Like, like because there's so many layers to creating a game, especially one as as difficult as Fortnite, because it is so complex. But at some point, you, you have to imagine that these players are going, it's going to take a toll on them, the stress and, and everything that they're focusing on. And, and that's what we're seeing now. And that's why Jamper's response in that YouTube video is so perfect, because it's not just him, like, yelling about the game or being pissed off. No, it's like him genuinely emotional third place and when they canceled third place on the leaderboard and to see him like just almost devastated in that moment it's tough it's tough to watch but it gives more context to what the players genuinely go through and not to mention the entire edit the video leading up to that moment is like playing in the qualifiers documenting the week getting to the finals pretty much setting that stage and then he's like dude well like I've literally worked my, my my butt off this entire week. Like it's all I've been filming and it's it's done. Like this video is scrapped. Like what am I supposed to do with it? Well, I guess I'll upload it and I guess it ends here, question mark. Like whatever, dude. And he was like mega defeated. He kind of just throws himself back and, and puts his legs up. But again, amongst all this, you know, turmoil, Jamper is still finding success. The numbers on his YouTube videos have been just astronomical for his channel i didn't open up the social blade and i probably should have but social blade is a website that you basically put in any youtuber's channel and see what their growth has been like i wonder how many subscribers has he picked up since he's dropped like dropped what was it like three weeks ago that first fncs bootcamp video because that first video cracked 161,000 views and when i went to his youtube page at that time I want to say he was only in the like tens of thousands, maybe less. Uh, but from then until today, when we just opened up the channel, I mean, he had well over 30 something, I think well over 39,000 subscribers. So 
his growth has just been exceptional. And I know that first video has way more views and subscribers he that he has ever had. And if you look back at any of his content beyond that, I mean, his views were averaging two to 5,000. So it's very, very clear that there is this, this such a unique market for the creators themselves just giving a little behind the scenes, man. What goes into being a professional player, putting in that work from Fortnite's perspective, right? From a Fortnite professional player's perspective. SBG, we just don't have anyone doing that. The last person that was was an organization, and that was like super highly produced content, which is not achievable for most. No, and I think what we're seeing is that there's an appetite for it, regardless of how much money is spent on showing behind the scenes of the players. People want to see what these players are doing and understand what it's like to be a top-tier pro because there's only so many players that can play at this high level. So giving those behind-the-scene peak, seeing the day-to-day -day of Jamper and paper try and get through seeing the emotion seeing the frustration allowing yourself to be vulnerable to showing those moments that is huge not just for jamper but i think fortnite in general i mean this is something i've wanted to see for a long time now and we used to get to see similar things when players streamed every event but now pretty much no one streams any of the major events and you get no insider looks besides someone playing arena or playing a tournament that doesn't really matter. Yeah, I, I mean, look, this was always one of those arguments that we would bring up when it came to why should an org sign a player if the player doesn't stream, doesn't make content, whatever. Um, and then obviously players on the flip side of that, they don't want to stream because guess what? They're revealing their game plan, whatever. Can you get stream snipe? Can affect PC performance. But like content is super important for these pro players and jamper has cracked a way to do this in my opinion that doesn't compromise the latter right doesn't compromise the pros game plans being leaked computer performance being an issue with streaming stuff like stuff that streaming has so realistically i hope this model is here to stay and i hope more people adapt to it and i think people like like a cease for example i could see them kind of following suit here depending on the continued performance of these jamper videos Content this week has been kind of all over the place. So this last month has been very interesting. For the first time we saw in NA, um, scrims being broadcasted. And what was happening, right? Because before this, EU, Boop, was running his noble, noble scrims, is what they're called in, in EU. And he had a spectator client. He was creating awesome content. He's grown his channel and plenty of views. And he's kind of developed his community in EU. But it wasn't available in NA, if you will. But I guess through some determination and persistence, Epic kind of allowed scrims to be broadcasted for the first time in what seems like ever to the masses. So you had Aussie Antics, Manu, and a couple other folks behind the scenes just kind of working on putting together content that was being broadcasted over. But from watching Aussie Antics stream, it seems like even that hit a snag. So, like, I don't know what the deal is with uh, just the way practice and pro play and, and content in general on on twitch and like like what's happening here what the angle is from from fortnite side but there's so much resistance being met and we see the like you said the decline of people streaming the game like pro players making professional content it's like it's almost like they they can't right or when there's someone who's kind of making the content because they're not live those are also being you know stonewalled blocked out as well so it is a very peculiar position to be in, 
like we said before and many times before, the game is 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 literally lit. Like it's thriving. It's all over the place. It has so many players. They're generating crazy money. We know Apple's coming or iOS is coming back to Apple products and devices soon. So that's gonna have its own boom. But again, like Twitch and the content on the platform, it's it's struggling. Even zero build kind of lost a little bit of its momentum, I feel like, Panda. Yeah, I definitely um I definitely agree. I think, look, and I was thinking about this the other day, actually, because it came up in conversation of, like, what can Fortnite content do, right? And I think there's just not enough diversity in the way that Fortnite content is created, which causes um, causes creators to either drift away to other titles or uh, for audiences to leave. Because, again, while we know the player base is massive, like, there's just, we still to this day have no idea of what that player base wants to watch because it feels like those numbers player base wise don't convert into viewers and content even in the small percentile so it's interesting i i do think we just need realistically more creators being innovative like and, and he's not a fortnite creator now but arab is a perfect example like he had content that he was doing it didn't work or it started to decline so he figured out something different now he's in south africa like visiting incredible places around the world and while the content numbers are not what his old fortnite videos are you could tell that it's going to start trending there long term on top of that it is something that he enjoys and realistically that stuff translates when you enjoy what you're doing and the content you're creating it makes it more enjoyable for the viewer to watch and honestly consume so maybe we just need to find ways to make content creation in fortnite more easily consumed by the masses well, I'm looking at the total player counts right now on Twitch or audience viewer count. It's actually looking very good at the moment, but we're in a unique position where I believe the EU Elite Cup might have been scheduled right on top of what is kind of like an NA prime time. So we're recording this right here, 3.30 Eastern, which is when like most NA creators are kind of going live. And there's, you know, again, that, that prime time NA time, but there's literally an Elite Cup happening simultaneously. So all of the EU players are live that you would expect so it's kind of like NA has an issue where there's not a lot of creators streaming their perspective. And then you go to EU, and again, there's so many more EU creators or like player base. So I guess the numbers seem a little bit skewed or their presence seems a bit skewed. But you see a bunch of the French community is live, a couple of the German community is live. And then, of course, um, you have just everything else in between. I see, a, I see a few folk here doing some viewing parties and stuff. So, But the game viewer-wise right now looks pretty good. I mean, it's at... 94,000 views in a game category. Pretty decent for an Elite Cup. But granted, like I said before, it was kind of rescheduled directly on top of what is normally kind of the NA primetime for, for streamers going live. So just one of those things, man, where there's so much, like you said before, chaos on the calendar. Maybe maybe that is what's causing it. Maybe it literally is because of how many more tournaments have been onboarded and the influx potentially of I'm assuming players just playing competitive because we saw that as well uh, just recently too. When the numbers were released, there was like a huge jump of tracked players. I think even through, was it Fortnite tracker? Because the, mm -hmm. the requirement at that point is if you hit a certain threshold, they calculate you as a, as a, a player who participated. Top 10,000. There it is. So you yeah. have to reach top 10,000 at some point in the event to even be registered as a player, which is why like those numbers will say, like 28, 38,000 players participating.
but it could be considerably more and it usually is considerably more yeah i think kinch calculated it to be like something around two hundred thousand for the first eu solo cash cup right i think we talked about that last time but it probably yeah. is just an oversaturation like at any time it feels like you can turn on twitch watch somebody play a Fortnite tournament you can find endless amounts of montages and, and tournament highlights so like you know, there's plenty of people putting it out, so all of them will get a few hundred, a few thousand views. But there's only going back to what Jamper's doing. That's the only one right now. That's why it's doing well. Someone has found that like bombs content that people want to watch. I don't even think it's just found. It's someone's just decided they're gonna go create it because we we all know we all know it exists. It's it's literally no secret at this point. But yeah, big big shouts to Jamper, man. We really want to give you a moment on the podcast to. Just not only congratulate you on, on your success that you're finding right now, but uh, yeah, just continue to wish you the best of luck and, and power to you as you continue to be a competitor and a leader in, in the space. But talk about leaders. We, we have a lot of organizations just kind of trending out of Fortnite currently. The biggest announcement comes from NRG's Clicks as of today announces his departure from NRG. It just looks like his agreement with NRG has come to an end and they're not investing in fortnite anymore i believe aussie antics will probably have a formal announcement today tomorrow or something sometime soon because he has also removed nrg from his bio but they're not the only org to have left this week there has been almost a wave of not even in just fortnite but downsizing across esports at scale yeah it's crazy it's so it's tech companies esports organizations and uh, it seems like with the esports organizations, the first major cut seems to come from the Fortnite teams. So CLG, another perfect example of, of an org that seemed like they were fruitful and excited about the future of Fortnite, now completely dropping out. NRG, it looks like in the coming days, we'll give a more formal announcement. But because of Clix's, uh, I guess, gamer tag before tournaments, he had to change it today. So Clix officially announced today that he is no longer with NRG. So huge, definitely a huge adjustment to the overall process. But like, I know that people are like preparing for this, the like esports recession that we keep talking about. But at some point, I'm curious if we're like over preparing because I feel like even with the tech companies, they're laying off people left and right. Hundred Thieves, we talked about that layoff. Um, there's a layoff at TSM the other day. Uh, there's, I'm trying to think. There was definitely other orgs that had layoffs. Like, I'm curious where the numbers are coming from. Are these projected numbers, or are these issues that they're seeing in in the present? I don't know. It's just interesting. I think I think it's a little bit of both. I think I think these are obviously ongoing issues at the moment. And if I, if I had to guess, this is probably the most ideal time if you were going to exit to exit because you have this tsunami of other announcements you're kind of just caught in the you're caught in the crowd if you will you could just blend in yeah let's just walk out with them why not right these hundreds of thousands were thrown we're not seeing our immediate returns let's leave with everyone else we'll time it when everyone you know what i mean they're kind of following the trend it really does seem like that but then you look at like luminosity gaming who recently just signed jenny smiles they signed vanessa these are two fortnite creators from zero build and real creators, if you will, like influencers they've, they've signed. So I don't want to say like all esports teams are on the same page because you have, you know, we have like an interesting field happening at the moment, right? You have on one side, 
there's expansion, there's growth, there's recruitment, there's scaling. And then on the other side, it's almost like we see who is a little bit of afraid, a little bit afraid right now. Um, the thing about being a CEO, and I'm just going to give a small insight just from my own personal perspective here, it really comes down to risk tolerance. How much risk tolerance do you have when it comes down to put up or shut up? And right now, it looks like every, everyone's crumbling on the pressure. Like, hey, man, it feels very risky. I think the, the big thing is, and I think you posted the Gen, Gen G CEO's comments, is that it is very difficult to make money in gaming. And if there's not a simple model to make money in gaming, now is not the time to take the risk. Like right. you just mentioned, you know, there is that how much risk do you want to take in every decision that you're going to make as a business? And Fortnite is one that is becoming more and more risky, especially when you're starting to see everyone talking about, you know, the doom and gloom that is the impending economy. That means the people in marketing at companies that typically are going to sponsor your stuff are also hearing that. The people that buy merchandise are also going to start hearing that, and they're going to reel back on the things that they purchase. And those are kind of the two possible money makers. Yeah, we can get more creative within Fortnite, but like top level, first glance, that's where you're making your money. So most of these orgs go in the traditional route, trying to work with the developers to get a percentage, to get a cut, franchise model, like we see in a traditional sports, right? It's worked very well in that model. So that's why those people probably want to replicate that rather than create this brand new thing, especially because a lot of them have owners that own a traditional or at least a part of a traditional sports team. So it's that greater piece that they're like ah this really isn't for us let's get out of fortnite and for luminosity it makes sense right they're part of elgx that's a massive media conglomerate if you can get views to luminosity you can get it to their media websites like it all just depends on who you are and what your goals are because for luminosity it makes sense but for clg it doesn't expect again they're owned by the same people that own madison square garden which is where the knicks and the rangers play so traditional sports decided now nah, we're good we've tried this it didn't work yeah, and it is it is definitely tough and, and just to kind of touch on gen g's ceo i think his name is arnold I, I can't really pull his last name right now but um i didn't i didn't agree with his post fully because his response was almost to me it was it looked like an excuse right as someone who is finding ways to activate in the space it was almost a lazy attempt to say Oh yeah, look, dude, working in Fortnite's so hard because you have these 10 different things you have to do all at the same time. Like, how are we supposed to make it, right? Or something like that. And I'm like, exactly. You have all these different ways to do it. Get good at one, two, maybe all of them and 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 push, right? Like really get it where you can and be flexible in market. So there was there was a lot going on there. This conversation continues to happen as people start to i believe use ai bots to generate paragraphs for them because i'm getting it everywhere i hate my new twitter for you algorithms crazy i get like guru 10 step how to do xyz's all day long and i'm pretty sure it's this this whole ai chat bot thing that's going on but amongst that it continues to give me these other perspectives of people taking their takes on esports and a lot of them are just so pessimistic and Again, it's just not in my nature to be that. So, yeah, just me. I just want to say, tweet. I don't really agree with everything. <laughs> yeah, no, there was a tweet that came out not too long ago, and I'm trying to, I was trying to find it, but I couldn't. 
and it was basically like and actually i think it was luminosity's ceo it may have been and it was basically along the lines of like hey listen yes you can make money as an esports organization but not in the traditional organization sense right and i think that's what a lot of orgs fail to do is they fail to understand that there is levels and and many different categories that you need to hit to make an org profitable right you can't just rely on sponsorships and prize earnings to make an org work right that's just not how it goes anymore you have to create lifestyle brands create content which again you look at oni studios oni studios is a massive warehouse made by cypher pk and his team and obviously his wife that was all done on the back of cypher pk like this is not an org right this is not an org with investors and, and sponsorships no he as a creator took all the channel like created several different channels all of those creating streams of revenue and he streamlined everything within this now using this warehouse to do all this stuff and he creates enough money off that to create an entire company in a warehouse to, to do more and promote more for other creators so realistically it just shows that if your mindset is oh let's have a team that competes and let's make sponsorships off the team that's competing and there is nothing else to your mindset it is wrong even realistically like us as talent and i think a lot of talent out there can learn from this i get it we love to cast that's our biggest thing is we love to cast host be an analyst but in reality you can't just survive off casting like you can't just cast 30 40 events a year and be like oh i live comfortably no that's not how it works you have to do voiceovers you have to create content you have to uh, do sponsorships create different lines of revenue in different ways and there's so many different ways for us as talent to do that like i'm literally working behind the scenes with like different companies to help develop content for them i'm doing something in collegiate that's really cool i can't talk about yet but like i created a relationship that led me to be able to do that and now that's another way that i'm i'm making money and doing things like there is so much that that can be done for these orgs and they just i feel like they just want to do what was done in the past and they want to live in the past and they want to hope that that's going to be enough to survive in reality it's not yeah traditional economics do not work in esports at the moment especially as you start jumping into the fortnite lane fortnite as we all know just has some of the more stringent rule sets when it comes down to how brands and partners even operate and work in the space so it does become very very difficult it, to me it comes down to a bottom line of creativity as well you have to stay nimble and take initiative and, and try try different things it's it's very clear though that something has to change now before it's too late right whether it's continued innovation from players stepping up and making their own content like jamper has done or if it's like becoming legends taking ownership of who they are, their brand, and building their identity themselves to kind of put the proof of concept out there that you can grow and you can build an established brand if you put that work in. We'll, we'll see how it ends up happening here because at the end of the day, with more and more teams exiting, it's going to become more and more evident that players have to figure it out themselves. Uh, we don't have the largest listening here, but I do know a fair amount of players do tune in and check this out. And this is something we've been driving all, right? Like not just all last year, long before that as well, really driving individuals to step it up. But we're getting to that point. It's sink or swim now. Org's leaving. No more, you know, salary checks to sit back on month to month. Do you really want this? How bad? 
start figuring out some skill sets to either make the content or be of use in different ways. It's kind of where we're leading. And that, that's, a, that's a good segue to talk about Cypher in his own studio, Cypher PK. We all know who Cypher PK is. Excellent you know, content creator turned entrepreneur, really starting to figure out the business side of it. He's been doing this approaching, I believe, eight years, maybe a decade or so. He, he's been doing it for a very long time. I say that to say he launched Oni Studios. He launched Metal Umbrella. He's going down these different lanes of business and trying to build something special. And he just launched the full public release of his warehouse in Austin, Texas, the Oni Studios, which now will allow creators, if you're willing to part ways with a little percentage of some of that activation money that you can potentially make, they will help enable your content. So it's very cool stuff, man, that we're seeing there, there are tools out there. There are tools to be leveraged, utilized, picked up on, exploited for your own gain, but you have to want it. Like you really have to figure out how to be your own boss, basically. At this point, that's that's what we're getting to. It's amazing too, because Cypher knows what he's doing, right? He's been he's absolutely it. dominating he's the game. Yeah, dominating the game when it comes to YouTube views for Fortnite. He's created his own massive brand now, even outside of the game. And then now he's like CEO, CEO boss man that has created his own company alongside of his wife to dominate the creator space. And personally, you know, I'm just kind of thinking like Cypher is going to now have people coming to Austin, one that he can collaborate with, which is only better for him, but two that he could provide resources to help them create content. And he's got, probably the best production studio for creators just based on the video that i saw obviously none of us have been there monster you should go check it out hey but, it's like a four-hour drive i might have to i mean it's amazing it's pretty like it reminds me of a we work but for content creators yeah I, and you know what's crazy was when when cypher started getting into it and he started announcing his warehouse and stuff i was already thinking like dude i gotta reach out to cypher and like because obviously practice server creates productions and we do all this event service stuff i'm like this guy is literally building a warehouse that you can just leverage for event services. We've seen NRG do it. Do it with the NRG castle. People might have thought, like, question mark? Why are you building, like, a theme house? You know, like, it's like eSports Disney house, right? Like, what the heck are you guys building over here? Like, because it looks crazy. But they've, they've launched a fair amount of successful events out of that place. They've attracted sponsors like Hot Pockets. They've attracted sponsors like The General. They've attracted... You know, like real partners to come in and collaborate with them. And we see a lot of that brand presence all marketed throughout even their castle. And they've put events there too. So it is it is very, very interesting how some teams have taken the initiative and gotten creative to generate funds throughout esports. But is it enough? Is that enough? I think that's the real question because at the end of the day, Cypher PK claims that right the the warehouse, the facility he's built is a $10 million investment. I'm thinking, and this is just, you know, from the outside looking in, how do you make back $10 million now from the business? Not from like Cypher, Cypher. Cypher's going to make millions, right? The business. How's the business going to make the millions to recuperate the investment and stuff like that, you know? Well, here's the deal, right? And this is what, this is what orgs can learn from, right? For what Cypher does. The business is his content, right? And so he's taken a state-of-the-art team that he, that he has creating maps in Creative 2.0 in preparation for that. He has 
developing animated content, developing standard content, and ha- like strategizing what his content will look like. So basically, he's making multi millions from which I have now Cypher PK's main channel, more Cypher PK, Cypher Reacts, Cypher Shorts, Cypher Plays, and now a percentage of Rex. So when you look at the overall like amount, on the first animated video alone, it had 5.5 million views and it was released a month ago. That, in turn, has definitely paid its dividends, right? In the team to create that. But now he's got that team in-house and he can outsource them to not only, like, he'll continue to pay their salary, right? Based off these videos and whatever else. But he can also outsource them to do other things with their, with their additional time. And he's still paying the same amount but he gets a percentage of everybody that he outsources to. And you want to know something really cool too, just about Oni Studios. When they picked up Rex, like Rex's videos were, were like 1,000 to 2,000 mm-hmm. views a video, maybe less like in the hundreds. Since his signing, I don't believe he's gotten a video with like less than several hundred K. Like, so out the gate, he comes out dropping hundreds of thousands of views and like his videos got anywhere from 40 to 50k even today. So he's continued to maintain that momentum nearing 100k views on a on a video from just a couple of days ago where he dresses like Nick A30. That's actually hilarious. See, but this is the difference. You have Oni Studios behind you now. You have people that understand content, right? And they are helping him formulate catchy content, edit it the way it needs to be, do your thumbnails, do this search engine optimization, everything that you need so that you can get the views and be successful as a creator. And in return, like you, like we mentioned, you grow, they make money probably in perpetuity because they're going to grow you beyond anything you probably would have ever gotten to, right? But because of their, their ability to do so, they end up winning. There was a point in time where TSM was actually doing the same thing, believe it or not. At the peak of Fortnite, they would sign creators and they would take 20% of all of your, I think, earnings across the board of YouTube everything your handle will become theirs it was actually it looked to me very um what's the word predatorial a little bit yeah Yeah. a little predatory i was like "Eh, i don't know about all that you know i wouldn't i wouldn't today give it all away because yeah you get like a year of growth and then then what they just own you for like the next five six seven years like yeah right but oni studios a little different right they're just kind of like almost like a serving agency if you will and they're helping you build the actual content that's the hard part a lot of people need that extra support and there's not many places, if any, to go for no. the full support that you're going to get. The way the way I, I mean, see it, it's like kind of like you're paying for the consultancy and the editing. It's like it's like an all in one. It's pretty hard to beat. Oh yeah, it, it's finally like a, a turnkey solution for content creators. Which there's a lot of pieces. Like you can purchase puzzle pieces. You can work with an editing team. You could work with someone that does your Photoshop. You can work with a YouTube strategist, but Rarely, if ever, is anyone going to do all of that for you. So as a creator, like this, I was was thinking about this the other day. As a creator, you have to do so many things outside of simply making content. You have to prospect potential sponsors. You have to have business meetings. You have to understand working with people and being a manager. You have to understand how to portray yourself as a brand. And then if you have a website, if you sell anything, like just so many layers to this. It's really cool to see Cypher combining everything together and allowing this to be a much more achievable piece than we've seen in the past 
Sure. So there's yeah. a lot going on here, Panda. I mean, listen, Oni Studios is coming out on top. They are launched in Austin. Uh, I mean, you said it, dude. I gotta, I gotta drive up there. I gotta figure it out. I gotta go check it out, man. Now that it's, it's available. I know, man. Listen, Oni, you want to take a chance on a young commentator? I'm not that young, <laughs> Max, at 30, but listen, you want to take a chance, man? Come my way. I'll give you a percentage. Yeah, I think, I think the next person they might, if I was to pick someone up, I would pick up Crip. I think Crip. I- extremely talented it's got the looks got kind of the model age he, he's into like different things very layered individual that's just me though i got one and i think they're probably leaning towards it because you can kind of tell with interactions on twitter bonsai bros bonsai resub <laughs> get resub too resub bonsai bro dude bonsai but bonsai's been blown up already on his own they're going crazy and it's all because among us on youtube they hit the algorithm so the yeah. boys are popping off right now. Well, listen, guys, before we start jumping down too many random rabbit holes worth of topics here, uh, we want to thank you guys for, of course, coming through, checking out this week's episode. As we start to feed out of here, I'm going to let the boys shout themselves out, and I'll close out as usual. Panda, let the people at home know where they can find you, man. Yeah, you already know Life W Panda on Twitter, Panda Boxing on YouTube, Life oh, with Panda on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, listen. I'm going to be boxing in 2023. Um, I'm calling out <laughs> the Fortnite guy right now. Uh, TFG, if you want to take a moment to stop scamming kids and make some real money, come box me in the ring. Oh, my Sucka. gosh. No. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um, so that's it. That's it. That's my sign off. SVG, where you at? Uh, NRG isn't actually done in Fortnite. This is a conspiracy theory to drive interest of views. That's all I got. Hey, man, do what you got to do to get these numbers. We'll see what the real truth is in the coming days and weeks. As always, guys, it's been your boy, Monster D-Face. I hope you all enjoyed this week's episode. Don't forget to send all your complaints to me at thefortnitepodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at Monster D-Face across all social handles. We have a new project, a big one, coming soon. I think you guys are going to love it. Maybe even enjoy it in the morning. We'll see. But I'll leave you guys with that. So until next time, don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory house. Peace, fam.